Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Today. Good job. All right, so I like to start every single day in Seeds Kids um, receiving from God. And so I want you to stand to your feet this morning, and we're going to say our receiver's revelation. So you can go ahead and put that on the screen. So God has amazing things in store for you every single day. What I tell the kids every Sunday is that God does what, kids, when you wake up in the morning? A jump twist. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> Good job. So God does a jump twist every single day that you wake up. He's excited. He comes to and he says, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? What are you going to do with me today? And he's also excited to bless you. If you wake up in the morning and think that God has bad things in store for you, I want to turn that around today and let you know that God only has goodness in store for you. And it started already and it's going to continue now. And so let's put our hands out like this. This is the receiving position. All right, this is the position that you were born and created for. God did not design you for anything else except to receive what he has for you. And then in turn, you can give. But you cannot give what you do not have. And so this morning, we're going to receive from God. So let's say this with authority. All right, you can say it like this. Or you can say it with power and authority that Jesus gives you. And so let's read it together. Here we go. Today I will receive from God. I believe he is who he says he is. I believe I am who he says I am. My mind is ready. My heart is open. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to a neighbor and say amen. In Jesus' name, name. Oh, did it say name, name? Well, that would be me who can't read. All right. Incredible. In Jesus' name, name. There you go. All right. So this morning, this morning, I want to um, come and give you a word called promises fulfilled. Everybody say promises fulfilled. Promises fulfilled. And so that game we just played was called Step In. All right. That game was called Step In. And the people who played had a choice. They had a choice whether or not they were going to step in or remain seated where they were. And God gives you that choice this morning. He says, I have gifts. I have promises. I have an inheritance waiting for you. Are you going to step in? Or are you going to remain seated and miss out? And so, we're going to look today at the story um, of Joshua and Caleb. And I want to give you um, just some insight into, into the story. Um, Joshua led the people into their promised land, the kingdom that God had promised them, their kingdom, their land of rest. God was leading them towards. Joshua was the one that leads them in. And Jesus comes to us, and Jesus says in Mark 1.15, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Israelites knew what their promised land looked like. They knew where it was. I'm here to tell you today that you have the promised land waiting in front of you. And all you have to do is step in. So I want to, um, you can go ahead and put the, the, kingdom of, the kingdom of God slide up. 
Jesus tells us that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, when you read that, it can be a little bit confusing. What does that mean when the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Okay, well, does that mean that I'm walking in heaven all the time? Absolutely. Absolutely, you're walking in the kingdom of heaven all the time. It is not something you have to wait for. It's something that is at hand right in front of you. Right here. Look around. This is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God, God's people, his chosen sons and daughters covered in the blood of the anointed one, Jesus. God's place, the holy land. This holy land instead of a place is now you. Under God's authority, operating under the gift of righteousness and moved by the Holy Spirit. When Jesus looks to you and says the kingdom of God is at hand, God's people in God's place under God's authority. That's the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God. It's not something that's far off. It's not something that's unattainable or unreachable. It's something that's right in front of you right now, actually in this room. You are a part of God's people in God's place because God's place is not a far off distant area. It is inside of you. God has chosen to take residence inside of you and he has made you his home under God's authority. Doesn't mean that God is smiting you and yelling orders at you. It means that you are operating in the righteousness that Jesus has given you and you're moved by the Holy Spirit. When I was growing up, I used to think that God's authority was something that was scary, something I should be afraid of, but the word fear um, is translated as awe and wonder, not something you have to cower back from. When it says God's authority, you hold God's authority because his place is inside of you. He's, you hold the authority of Jesus. You carry it. You walk with it. And so the Israelites, swing back around, the Israelites knew what their promised land looked like. They were able to step into it. It was a physical place that was in front of them. They saw it. And they had the choice whether or not they wanted to step into it and receive all the inheritance that the promised land had to offer. And so your promised land is at hand. Your promised land is present and readily available for you. And you have the choice whether or not to step in and receive or to remain on the outside. And I want to read you a, a, um, a piece of scripture You can go ahead and put it on the screen, first one. Numbers 13. I know it's long, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. So first of all, before I, before I get started, this is just an interesting um, piece of information. Joshua, the man who led the Israelites into the promised land, um, his name is translated to Yeshua in the Greek, which also means Jesus. And most people don't think about this, but when Jesus was younger, he knew the scriptures. He knew the scriptures. He was teaching in the synagogue. He knew the scriptures. And so when Jesus, who knew what his name was, was reading Joshua, he was reading a prophetic book about what he would be doing for his people. He was set up. Jesus looked in the book of Joshua, or Yeshua, which is translated to Jesus, and he knew this is my calling. 
I'm called to lead my people into their promised land. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel. In the wilderness of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of that name. <laughs> the Amalekites? Amalekites? Live in... This is the other. Keep going. All right. The, the Kenites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. I want you to picture this in your mind for a moment. The spies are sent to scour out the land, all right, to see the inheritance that God had given them. And only two come back and report that they can take it, and that would be Joshua and Caleb. But I want you to understand what Joshua and Caleb saw versus what the other ones saw. In the English Bible, the, the bountiful country is sometimes translated to exceedingly good. But in the Hebrew, it actually means very, very good. Double. Very, very good. And so 10 of them went in and they, they saw that the land was very, very good, but they were so focused on the enemies and the distractors that they did not step in to the promise that God had given to them. But Joshua and Caleb said, let's take it. It's ours. And this land is very, very good. And God looks at you today and he says, your land Take it. It's very, very good. And it's been set up. I've protected it. I've protected it. I've built it by the work of other people. But it's for you. Joshua and Caleb stepped in and they saw houses they did not build. They saw vineyards they did not plant. They saw wealth that was not theirs. But they knew. This is what God has for us. And if God said it, who are we to go against it? Let's take it. Something interesting. Caleb came back, and th these are the words that he actually said. This is later on. It says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh, Barnea, to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. That scripture right there shows us that Caleb saw the strong, powerful men, the fortified cities, the armies he saw, but he knew what God told him in his heart. And so when Caleb went to see the promised land, he was no longer worried about the enemies or the distractions, but instead he knew what God told him in his heart. Caleb could have gone and seen anything, and he would have come back to Moses and said, 
I'm reporting what's in my heart. And so this morning, what's in your heart? What is in your heart that God has promised you? Maybe, maybe it's something that's bigger than you could even think or imagine. Maybe there's fortified walls that are looking like that it's in front of it, that there's no way you can, you can conquer those walls and step into that. Well, God today, this morning is telling you, look what's inside your heart. Look what I've planted inside your heart. Let that be the report that you tell. Let that be the report that you tell, that you don't go and say, well, you know, God has goodness in store, but it's going to have to wait because there's this issue or because there's this fear that I have that, you know, I just, I don't think that I'm qualified. I don't think that I'm qualified to step into this. Don't let the enemy disqualify what God has qualified. God's qualified and uniquely equipped you to step into the promised land. And it's not a place. It's the inheritance that he's given you. So I want you to understand, when the Israelites were stepping into their promised land, they had to step into their inheritance and then their promises were fulfilled. They stepped into the inheritance that God had given to them, the promised land, and then that's when their promises were fulfilled. For God promised to have rest on all sides, for them to have fullness and abundance. When they stepped into the inheritance, then their promises were fulfilled. God this morning has an inheritance waiting for you. It's out in front of you to take. It's yours for the taking. It's yours for the taking. And you can either focus on the reasons why you shouldn't have this inheritance. Or the reasons why it's too big or unattainable for you. Or you can know what the Lord's put on your heart. What the Lord's put inside of you. And know that without a shadow of a doubt, this belongs to me. Peace belongs to me. Restoration belongs to me. Claim it with authority. Don't claim it with fear or with worry or with... Um, don't, be, don't make little what God is making big. All right, God cares about every situation, every single situation, everything that bothers your mind, every dream that you have. God cares about it. It hasn't been placed there on accident. If you have a dream inside your heart, know that God has placed it there for you to take and act upon. Don't give off 15 reasons why I can't, I can't take that. The walls are getting higher and higher. But God looks to you and says, I've given it to you. Just walk in and take it. And so I want to, um, I want to look at the, this story, um, the, Joshua chapter 21 at the very end, of what it looked like for the Israelites to live in their inheritance and what that looks like for you. Because you may, you may look to me this morning and say, well, I don't, I don't really know what, what dream I have or what fullness looks like or what, what my inheritance looks like. Well, God wants to reveal that to you today. God wants to reveal to you how his sons and daughters were meant to live on this earth. You know, the enemy, the enemy's main goal is to control the earth, to control everybody in it, to have authority on it. But Jesus came and took the keys of authority and gave them to you. And so that means that his only goal is to try and detract you from the authority that you've been given in Christ. 
But as soon as the sons and daughters rise up, accept their inheritance, and walk in the promised land, the enemy cannot come against them. He cannot come against them. But a lot of us are so focused on other things that we're missing out on the inheritance that God has actually placed. We're focused on trying to knock at the gate or, or rattle the gate, try and get it to open. When really we should just be busting down the doors and walking in. We're knocking. Stop knocking. Kick the door in. It's, your, it's yours. Don't knock on the door of peace. Hey, maybe this door is going to open. Kick the door open and receive it. It belongs to you. Yeah, it does. It belongs to you. Oof. <sighs> All right. Verse Joshua 21. You got that? Oh, oh, there it is. Lovely. All right. So I want to take this verse by verse. This is the end. This is the end of what God did for the Israelite people. And it directly mimics what Jesus has done for us. And so I'm going to give you the shadow and the substance. All right, this is very important. The Old Testament is all shadows of what Jesus came to bring us. If you read your Bible and you're absolutely bored, then you need to find a teacher online somewhere who can tell you where Jesus is. Listen to Pastor JD. That's what he does. All right, come back to the kids' ministry. That's what we do. All right? This is an actual lesson that I've taught to the kids already. This is the audio lesson. All right? So, verse 43. So the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. Whew. All right, so I want to take this just um, from the top here. God states that he gave them all the land that he had sworn to their ancestors. Did you know there were people before you that were praying for you to take the land that you have available to you today? There have, people, there are, there have been people who have been fasting and praying for you for years, since the time you were born until now. It may not be your parents. It may not be your family. But I guarantee you there's people who have been setting you up to take your promised land, to take your inheritance. The land, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. So what your ancestors prayed for, you have opportunity to take. Everything that they prayed for. Abundance. God was saying, it's yours. They took it. Genesis 13. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west. I'm giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants, a permanent possession. The word permanent here is for you today. What God has ordained, no man and no enemy can take away. It's permanent. It belongs to you. It belongs to you and no one can take that away from you. No one. So, that's the shadow. The word here is fullness. Fullness. The Lord gave to Israel all the land. Not just a piece. Not just a part. He gave them all the land sworn to their ancestors. All the land. Fullness. This is a piece of your inheritance. Fullness. Anywhere that's experiencing lack this morning has to bow at the feet of Jesus and has to be filled. 
anywhere experiencing lack. Doesn't matter if it's your finances, if it's your joy, if it's your peace, if it's your, doesn't matter, your health, everything has to bow at the feet of Jesus because all the land is yours, not just part of it. God doesn't want you to just have joy and not have peace. No, he wants you to have the fullness, the fullness of the land. This is a piece of your inheritance. The substance here, this is the shadow, the shadow of what happened to the Israelites. The substance for what we have in Jesus comes from Romans 8, 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Jesus has authority and dominion over the earth. He has taken the keys and given them to you. All right? He's taken the keys and he's given them to you. You have the authority that Jesus has. And Jesus, it says we are heirs in Christ. All right? Jesus never lacked. Not once. Not once is it recorded in scripture where Jesus lacked. And so neither should we. Neither should we. You shouldn't go around feeling unpeaceful or angry or worried or fearful or sick. That's not how God desired for you to be. Now, your, your present state may be struggling with those things. But the more you command it to bow at the feet of Jesus, the more you're setting yourself up to walk in the fullness. You can either see the walls or you can see the land and the houses you didn't build and the vineyards you didn't plant. And you can either speak that the walls are too high or that the vineyards are beautiful. So word and a half. Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we may receive adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Think about the prodigal son. He left. He did his own thing. He Made mistakes, but as soon as he came back home, the father rejoiced and gave him a seat at the table. And not only did he give him a seat, he gave him the robe of righteousness, the sandals, and the ring of authority. So not only did he just welcome him in and say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. He gave him everything that he had lost, just freely. He didn't have to work for it. He didn't have to beg for it. It was given to him. It was given to him just by coming into the house. And so God has made his home in you. You are the kingdom of God. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand. It's at hand. It's here. The house. It's all around you. You have the seat. But you can either choose to step in or to stand outside and say, oh, but I did this and this and this. When the father's like, here's the ring. Here's the robe and, and, and the shoes. Why are you worried about what you, what you did? I've forgotten about that. I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that, but now my, my son, my daughter, come on. Come on. Look inside the door. 
there's what belongs to you. Verse 44. Uh, it says, And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had solemnly promised their ancestors. None of their enemies could stand against them, for the Lord helped them conquer all their enemies. Another piece of your inheritance. You can go to the next one. Another piece of your inheritance is rest. It does not mean you're going to take a nap with Jesus. All right? I tell the kids that all the time. It does not mean you're going to take a nap with Jesus. What it means is that your spirit has rest, even when the world around you is at chaos. Even when it looks like there are enemies on all sides, your spirit can be at rest and at peace knowing that the Lord has fought and won all of your battles. He has fought for your inheritance and has freely given it to you. It's yours. So you can remain at rest. Um, you can go ahead and put the next picture on the, that picture on the screen. This is very interesting. In the Old Testament, the, um, the Israelites, the people of God, when they would camp somewhere, they would camp in this formation. What does that look like? A cross. This is the exact formation they would camp in, and it is never recorded one time that while they were camped in this formation that any enemy attacked them. Even if their enemies were surrounding on all sides, it was never recorded that they were attacked. But it's interesting here. This goes with rest, by the way. Just throwing that out there. In this cross, you see the middle there. That's the tabernacle, right? And that's where the presence of God is. All right? And then the, there are four banners on each side where the, where the cross is. There are four banners. There's a banner with a lion, a banner with an ox, banner with a man, and then a, God, a godly banner. All right? And so... The banners are faced out, away from the tabernacle. You have the tabernacle in the middle, and then you have the banners on each side facing out towards their enemies. And so when their enemies would look down, they would see a cross formation, and then these are the four faces of Jesus that are recorded in the Gospels. So when the enemies would look down, they would see a face of Jesus and know, we can't attack them, we will lose. We will lose. And the people who were camping weren't facing their enemies. Guess where they were faced? Towards the center. And so when your eyes are on the goodness of God, the enemy cannot steal what belongs to you. But as soon as you turn and face your enemies, then those walls go up, the fear comes in, and it's a lot harder to take the land that God's promised but when you keep your eyes focused on the center, when you keep your eyes focused on the goodness of God, the enemies have to flee. They cannot attack. They cannot attack when you're focused on the goodness of God. It does not mean that sickness or things aren't going to happen. It just means that it does not steal your joy. It means that you look and the enemy tries to throw something at your back and you say, absolutely not. I'm focused on the goodness of God. Absolutely not. I'm focused on joy. Absolutely not. I have the peace that Jesus has paid for me to have. My eyes are focused on the goodness, not on the enemies. My eyes are focused on the goodness. And when your eyes are focused on the goodness, you can have rest. They knew what rest felt like. It says that God gave them rest on all sides. The Israelites knew what rest felt like because of this. Because when they camped here, they had complete rest. So they knew when they got into their promised land, oh, we can live like this forever. 
when, we're, when we come, when we go, not just when we're camped. They knew what rest felt like because their eyes had been fixed on the goodness. And so Jesus, this morning, has provided rest to you. Any situation in your life outside of this place that is not feeling restful, that is not feeling at peace, turn your eyes from that and focus on the goodness of Jesus. And then watch him take care of what he needs to take care of. Don't fight your battles. Don't, don't fight your battles with, with works. Fight your battles with worship. We sing that song. Fight your battles with worship. Turn towards the goodness of God. Worship. And the enemies can't overtake you. The substance here, John 14, 27, he says, My peace I give to you. The word peace means shalom. And shalom is not just peace. Shalom is fullness of health, fullness of joy, fullness of peace. So when he leaves, he says, my fullness I give to you. Last one. Then I'm done. <laughs> Verse 45. You want to put that up? There it is. Not a single one of the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything that he had spoken had came true. Completion. You can rest in the finished work of Jesus. He completed it. It starts off with him giving you fullness, giving you rest, and then completing the work. On the way to the cross, he was beaten Seven times. They all represent different things that he had done for you. He bled so that you could have life. And he completed his work. So stop making him get up out of the grave. Know that he's completed it. Turn your eyes towards the center, towards the goodness. Watch the enemies flee. Don't focus on the walls that are up, but focus on the land that God is giving you. This land full of wealth, full of health, full of joy, full of peace, full of love. Don't look at the walls. Look at the completed work. Everything he had spoken came true. Whatever God has spoken to you in your heart is coming to pass. It's coming to pass because you are residing in his kingdom. God's people and God's place under God's authority. You are in the promised land. Now receive the inheritance that the promised land has to offer you. Receive the inheritance that the promised land has to offer you. This is the substance. I'm going to close with this. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen ascend to God, we bring him glory. Now it is God himself who has anointed us. And he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows we are his, since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts. And has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride. 
a down payment for the blessings to come. All of God's promises find their yes and fulfillment in him and his yes and our amen ascend to God. You can know in your heart that the promises that God has given you are yours for the taking and all you have to say is amen. Amen, it's mine. It's mine. And nobody can take that away from me. My promise of love, my promise of peace, my promise of wealth and health, it belongs to me. And uh, I like to end our uh, class time uh, with a little bit of a uh, video clip um, for a movie most of you probably know. And so I want you to watch, and then we'll uh, wrap it up right after that. Jesus has fought and paid for every promise that belongs to you. The people of China were able to live at rest and fulfillment because of the work of Mulan. And because of the work of Jesus, his completed work on the cross, you are able to live in rest and fulfillment and fullness. His completed work seals the deal for you to have the promises of yes and amen. They're in front of you for the taking. Jesus has good things in store for you, incredible things in store for you. And so today, as you leave, before you leave, J.D.'s going to come up in just a second, but there is a card in your um, cup holder that has a promise of God on it, something that God has promised you. And every week in Momentum, we like to, uh, at least at the end of a unit, we like to give away what we call a shelf item. And a shelf item is something that can go home so the kids can remember what they've learned for that unit. It's a token, and they put it on their, their Momentum shelf. And so today, this is your shelf item as a reminder that God has promises and fulfillment and abundance in store for you. And even if you're not experiencing it right now, face the goodness. Face the goodness and watch your enemies flee. Amen. Thank you, Austin. Why don't you all just stand with me right now? And I want us to, to just think, and maybe you already know this already, what the promised land looks like for you in your heart, in your life. What are those things that uh, the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, this belongs to you. You now have the responsibility to step in to it. And if you read through the book of Joshua, you see that it wasn't all just easy, that they got to just step into it and and show up and, and to all those cities and all those kingdoms and say, here we are, guys. You guys are the, you guys have all the stuff. This is the property. This is the land. These are the resources that God promised to us, handed over. They had to fight. And so sometimes I think uh, the Lord has called us, like Austin was saying earlier, like you got to kick that door in sometimes. When you meet resistance, you don't just give up. You don't just turn away. But there are things that God has promised to you. And if you read in the end of Joshua chapter 12, before we get to this, the, the scripture that, that he was reading about how there was rest on all sides, we read through a list of 31 kings that the Israelites defeated in taking in the promised land. 31 kings in those first 12 chapters of the book of Joshua. And so whatever the enemy is throwing in your way, whatever kingdom that the enemy is trying to say, no, that doesn't belong to you. 
I'm sorry, no, we're going to take it. We're going to stand. We're going to march around the walls no matter how many times it takes. We're going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. And he's going to deliver it to us because it already belongs to us. It already belonged to the kingdom, to the nation of Israel. And those things that, those dreams that the Holy Spirit's put in your heart. Maybe it's a dream for your marriage to be restored. Maybe it's a dream, a business idea. Maybe it's a relationship with your children. Maybe it's a financial goal. Maybe it's your health. Whatever that is, it belongs to you. And don't give up. Don't quit. Persevere. Believe God is who he said he is. Believe you are who he said you are. Believe he can do what he said he can do. Amen? In just a moment as we pray, our prayer team is going to be over here on this side of the wall. If there's any need that you have in your life today that you need to come into someone to come into agreement with you in the place of prayer over, please come over here and just see one of our prayer team. They'll be happy to pray with you. If you're here today and you feel like you're far from God, you don't have to leave here feeling that same way. You can leave here knowing God has a plan for your life. And God gives us this beautiful gift called repentance. It's where we're going one way and all of a sudden, like in that passage that Austin described in the book of Luke, where the prodigal son, he left home and he went his own way. And then what did he decide to do? The picture of repentance. He decided to come home. And when he came home, the father welcomed him. So if that is what's going on in your life today, we want to invite you to come home. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. What we do is we receive you. And that's what the Father does. He receives you. So if that's a decision that you would like to make today, whether it's the first time or whether it's not the first time, come down and visit with one of our t- people on the prayer team, one of my friends over here. We'll be happy to pray with you. And we'd like to even give you a gift, a book called What's Next, help you, set you up for success, for the next steps that you need to take to keep walk- walking in freedom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, and we just thank you. Um, God, I thank you for for Austin and all of our wonderful people that serve our kids week in and week out. We thank you for for how they supplement what we're doing at home. And Lord, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would maybe charge the hearts of those of us that that we maybe, maybe need to step up our game at home, raising up our children, training them in the way that they should go. So they shall not depart from it when they grow old. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're not guilting us there, but you're calling us up. So we just respond right now to the call. We say, yes, help us. God, many of us as parents, we don't have the tools. We're not equipped to give our kids uh, everything that they need, even emotionally, God. So we ask you for your help. We ask you to bring the right people along our path. We ask you to help us not be so prideful that we won't ask others for help to come alongside of us, to help us give us the tools, to help us figure out how to be healthy ourselves, to be healthy parents. Lord, I just pray right now over marriages. Lord, I pray that you would safeguard marriages, that you would protect marriages, that you would uphold marriages, that you would strengthen marriages, because it's the best thing that we could do for our kids is have a healthy marriage. So, Lord, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, for that strategy, that wisdom. Lord, if, if there's areas of responsibility that we need to take to own, to step up to, help us do that. 
Help us stop placing blame. Help us stop expecting the other party to do something first. Help us take responsibility and partner with you and be obedient. And Lord, I thank you. Jesus, you said that joy was the reward. It was the inheritance to everyone who was obedient to you. And so we lay hold of that right now. As we walk in obedience, we expect your joy. And your joy is our strength. Lord, I thank you for this word that we heard today. Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you can minister to each and every one of our hearts and how it applies. In our focus, we turn our attention toward you, Jesus. Jesus, you are at the center. Just as the, as the, the nation of Israel camped in the sign of a cross, it was your presence that was at the very center. And so we turn our attention and our focus to your presence. We turn our attention to you, Jesus. You be at the center. Not our own thoughts, not our own desires. Jesus, yours. We pray this in your matchless name. The people of God said amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what he called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.